Hey, it's your host, Brennan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of legalsites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. In this episode, it's all about optimizing your law firm practice area pages. Now, that's really important for many reasons, including your SEO. So hopefully, if you listen to this episode and apply the advice, you should be able to uh, increase your chances of getting some more opportunities and hopefully getting more clients for your law firm. Now, this is actually the audio that I ripped from with with permission um, from an online presentation I did about a year ago for BD Roundtable. They do a lot of online events. Now, quite a lot of useful stuff is covered in this episode, includes including like why would you want to optimize a practice area page? And I give 10 steps for optimizing your practice area pages, not in any particular order of importance, But there's lots of good stuff covered in here, including Google products, like how to set up your Google Search Console, um, basic things like keyword research, placing your keywords in the right places on your website to optimize your website for SEO, copywriting advice, how to make things more readable and more Google friendly, and website speed, so how to, some basic ways you can improve the, the, the speed of your practice area pages, what type of uh, images and media are appropriate, how to get good media, uh, good you know, high-res stock photos, for example, for your practice area pages and various other things. But I think you're gonna get a lot out of this. I encourage you to listen to the entire episode. Just before we begin, if you would like to support the podcast, please give it a five-star rave review on Apple Podcasts. Spotify or any other platform that you're listening on, please share it around with anyone that you think would get value from this podcast. There should be some links in the episode notes. You can follow Legal Sites on Instagram, on TikTok. There's Facebook, but I bloody don't even use it anymore, to be honest. Facebook just, Facebook's died, hasn't it? Hopefully it comes back. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Brendan Kelso, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-E-L-S-O, LinkedIn, fairly Fairly, uh, fairly active on LinkedIn. And of course, go to legalsites.com.au. There's plenty of useful content up there. You can get a free law firm marketing plan PDF download as well, and that'll get you on my email list. Of course, you can unsubscribe anytime if you want, but I don't tend to send a lot of emails to my people because I don't want to irritate them. Let's get into it. That's enough of me talking. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you, Brennan, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on. We're going to be talking about something that's quite close to to my heart, and that's the practice group pages of a law firm website. Um, As we all know, they they leave a lot to be desired. So uh, thanks for getting on the the call today to help us better our practice group pages. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, you actually help build uh, websites for law firms, right? And um, this is something that takes up a lot of time and discussion uh, with the client. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the, the issues that practice group pages have in general? Like what are the problems that you're seeing with law firm practice group pages right now? Yeah, oh, so many. And I'll be going through a, a list of things to do to, to focus on when, when optimizing a practice group page. I guess some common things are using very broad keywords. So a common thing I see for like a, a general practice firm, for example, one a firm that does a variety of practice areas, uh, their page for family law, 
the key primary keyword might be family law instead of Melbourne family lawyers, for example. So uh, ranking for a keyword like family law in Australia or the, the States or anywhere, it's going to be like almost um, impossible uh, for your, the majority of, majority of law firms or small law firms. So yeah, just basic stuff like keywords. I say basic, it's not really basic. If you've never done any um, SEO before, you might uh, have no idea what to do. And more often than not, it's not the law firm's fault. It's the web designer that built the website for them and they've not um, done the correct keyword research. So that's one of like the main things that I see. Uh, Copywriting is a big thing. So really long and verbose, um, legally accurate sentences but not very like palatable sentences so really thick paragraphs and not really answering the questions that people were looking for questions about how much is something going to cost me you know what are the risks involved and 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 things like that so there's some a few things that sort of uh, come off the top of my head in terms of layouts um are you what are some of the big no-nos that you see law firms do all the time yeah, so um, I would say the big chunks of text is a is a is a big problem I see, and not breaking them up into what we call like accordions or toggle boxes. And I can show mm-hmm. you what I mean later on a on a screen share. Uh, sometimes the website, uh, the practice area pages are really slow to load. Sometimes they don't look great on a mobile phone. Uh, they might look great on a big screen on a desktop, but on a tablet or a, a, a mobile, they haven't really been um, downsized correctly um, for that device. Uh, sometimes we're, we're seeing some really stock, uh, really cliche stock photos that we could do without, um, you know, the, uh, the the scales of justice and all that oh, stuff. Oh, that's so cringe, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Did, we did a full session just on website imagery for law firms. So yeah, that's a right. big one. And the file sizes are so big, right? Compress your images. Uh, it it's, can be a bit time-consuming if you're using um, an external um, website to compress your images. So it's usually good if you've got a WordPress website. You can just use Smush or any of those other plugins that will automatically compress every image upon upload, and that's going to speed up your website. Mm, okay. Now, when you're actually talking with clients about their website content and layout, how much time is devoted to the practice group pages? Because it seems like when I was participating in a website uh, refresh, we spent a lot of time on the, the home page and, you know, the, the lawyer profile page and all of that. And then the practice group pages were just like, oh yeah, so we'll just do this. Um, so what, what, how do you handle that development phase? A lot of my clients just want me to to, to sort out all their internet problems. Uh, they don't have a lot of time to uh, be uh, dealing with their website and to, to be, yeah. So usually they're just like, can you help us? Like we're not getting a lot of clients on Google. Maybe they've uh, hired an agency in the past that maybe didn't have uh, much experience with law firms and they haven't gotten the results they want. They really kind of just want me to fix everything, which is understandable. Like they don't have time to be experts in everything, right? So um, how much time is really de- dedicated to talking about practice area pages? Yeah, not much, but they don't really dedicate much time uh, on ev- any type of page on their website. They kind of just want me to do what I do and get them some results. Yeah. 
All right, great. So how about we jump right into it and uh, you uh, kick us off with a few of your um, tips. You can go ahead and share your screen. Yeah, well, I or do you want to discuss first? Well, I'll do that in a second. There's going to be some things I'll definitely be happy to share my screen for. But I guess the first step uh, when optimizing a practice area page, I would say is just to get some of the important things done. So just to ensure that um, you've got your website set up properly on Google Search Console to make sure it's you've submitted your site map or your site maps. Uh, make sure you're set up on Google Analytics properly and make sure that you sync Google, Google Analytics with Google Search Console. And if you want to be able to track uh, how many people are uh, clicking your phone number button, you might need to use Google Tag Manager and that's a little bit more advanced, a little bit confusing. But... Um, also ensuring that your website's secure with the SSL certificate. So that's important. And the other thing that I've bundled into this first point is just to ensure that your website's nice and responsive so it looks great on mobile, tablet, and PC. So a lot of the sort of the back-end mechanics, tech, technical stuff, I think we did, we've done a few sessions on Google Tag Manager, Google Search Console, and all of that. So if you're watching this on, on YouTube, uh, please do check those out where we get in depth, or Brendan will be happy to help you out uh, with that. So yeah, back-end stuff, um, and that's yeah pretty technical. So if you're a BD manager or someone, maybe get your IT team to help out um, on that. All right, so back-end getting that good to go, what, what's next? Yeah, and I will just add that a little, little tip. Uh, when you are fixing up your practice area pages, you can submit that page to Google Search Console for indexing. That basically means you can ask Google to read it and hopefully rank it higher um, and to do that faster rather than relying on Google to do it whenever it feels like, you can actually sort of skip the queue if you use Google Search Console. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. So the second point I've got is just to do some proper keyword research. So um, you can just get started by using Google Suggest. So you can start Googling things and see what Google suggests to you and uh, it'll show you keywords based on um, previous searches. Now, that's a very simple way to get started. You're not going to get any data on how much search volume there is and trends and all of that stuff. But honestly, a lot of small law firms aren't really doing that anyway. So keyword research. So you can just do Google Suggest. We can look at some simple tools. We could, we could go the next mile and we could go keywords everywhere. That's like a fairly affordable basic tool that's basically going to give you um, some key data uh, when you are Googling things. So instead of having to upload an entirely new piece of software and do all your keyword research there, you can just do it all on the Google machine. So can you give us an example of some like context? So let's say it's a, you know, private injury law firm, you know, um, what sort of things would they be searching for? Yeah, great. Well, I will just fire up the screen share here. And this can... Because uh... we've done a few sessions on keyword research and stuff, but it's always good to sort of um, give Google some Chrome. Google Chrome share. That should be working. How's that look on your yeah, end? That looks good. Perfect. Okay. So we're going to look at keywords everywhere in action. So let's just say, well, give me an example of a, of a law firm like practice area, what do you want me to look into here? Uh, let's just do real estate. Okay. So let's say conveyancing in Australia. Yeah. 
So, um, okay, so here we can see here that this is not particularly high traffic keywords. So we've got cost of hiring a conveyancing solicitor. We can see we've got some basic data that Keywords Everywhere has provided. Now, Keywords Everywhere is a, an extension that you can add to uh, Google Chrome. And we can see it's going to give us some inf basic information about how difficult it is to rank uh, for a keyword like this. Now, in Australia, uh, a conveyancer uh, assists with the buying and selling of property. Um, and uh, you can have a, a lawyer do it or you can have a licensed conveyancer that's not a lawyer. Now, here we can see uh, some more um, information here. So conveyancing costs, calculator, uh, solicitor's fees for buying a house in Australia. We can see that there's a bit of volume here per month. We can see the estimated cost per click if you're going to run Google Ads. Uh, we can see like the trends. So some keywords are going to have more um, significant trends, like anything to do with um, like with the pandemic, for example, that's going to have significant trends because it's a fairly recent thing. Okay. So that's keywords everywhere in action. That's a very simple thing if you so if you don't cool. want to so just... You, so you could type like conveyancing in Melbourne or something. Yeah, let's do like Melbourne conveyancing. Now that's going to have a lot more um, volume. So there we go. So this is a pretty good keyword. It's going to be hard to rank for that. So that means can... a lot of people are going into Google doing exactly what you just did, right? Conveyancing Melbourne. And then you can see all those ads that are there. So people are paying to get that in front of you. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So that, there's a, like a, an easy place to start. I, I know that some digital marketers out there are like, well, do you use keywords everywhere? Well, a lot of law firms aren't do, using anything. So I think that keywords everywhere is a good little baby step to take. Now, once you kind of, if you really do have the time and the expertise and the skills, you can take it to the next level. You can use something like key search, or you can even go further than that and use something more advanced like SEMrush, and that's going to give you a lot more data. But I think realistically, for a lot of small law firms out there, uh, using one of these more simple keyword research tools is a great place to start. Okay. And then once you have these keywords, then what do you do? You put them into the, the copy of the website or you put it in the back end, the SEO, yeah. metadata or whatever? Exactly. So... What we will be doing is we do our keyword research, we find our primary keywords and we can find some secondary keywords as well. We've got to start compiling all this information somewhere. If you're using a keyword research tool, it's going to assist with that. So you've got to get all your data compiled. Now you've got to start uh, finding some of your long tail keywords as well. So a good way to do that would be, let's just Google conveyancing and that should give me um, an example. Okay, so a good little tool to use is people also ask uh, and you'll find long tail keywords. Long tail just means it's a longer keyword. And you know, what does a conveyancer do? What, how much does it cost? Now, these little things here could be really good keywords for blog posts or FAQs. So we start getting our data. And then once we've got all that together, you've got to place the keywords uh, on your practice area pages. And there's many ways uh, to do that. Now, first of all, if you're using um, WordPress, you would want to uh, download a, an SEO plugin like Rank Math or Yoast. I don't like Yoast, but everyone seems to still use that. Rank Math is pretty good, yeah. I love Rank Math. And if you're using Elementor Pro, uh, it integrates really well. Um, I hope 
people sort of know what I'm talking about. Um, now, keyword placement. So when I'm talking about keyword placement, I mean uh, placing the keywords in the right places on your website, both front end and back end. So I'll give you some examples here. So a new website that I've uh, launched for a client recently, Heckenberg Lawyers in Sydney. We've got Elementor here and we've got Rank Math integrated nicely. So this is like the edit screen um, for their will dispute lawyers page. And we'll see here that there's going to be some really, uh, I'll, I'll try and keep this as simple as possible. So the focus or the primary keyword I've chosen for this page is will dispute lawyers. And I've entered that there. Okay. And you, you can add additional keywords and you can upgrade for the pro version if you want more insights. Now, a uh, great place to start here is we're going to edit the snippet. Now, this is what people would see on a search result page. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, disputing wills, uh, one of the main things people want to know is who pays for it? Uh, you know, is this going to cost me any money? I might not have any money and I'm worried about what it's going to cost. Now, the good news is for most people who do will disputes, uh, they'll offer a no win, no free, no, no win, no fee agreement, which uh, means something different for every single law firm. You should always read the costs agreement. But uh, people want to know if, if you're offering no win, no fee. And so I think it's quite important to have quite a compelling presence in Google. So that's why I'll have no win, no fee in brackets um, to hopefully get some more clicks because a click-through rate can assist with your, um, your ranking and improve your ranking. So keyword placement, we've got the, what we call, can you see my, my mouse cursor? Yes, yeah. Cool. So we've got the meta title or the title tag up here and it's I've chosen Will Dispute Lawyers. Then I've just added Sydney next to there as well. Okay, and so title tag has the, the primary keyword in it. Then the permalink, that's going to be part of the URL, URL structure. So it'll be sydneywillslawyer.com.au forward slash will dispute lawyers. So we've got the keyword in the URL structure as well, which can help get more people to click on, um, on your website. And then we've got the meta description down here and we've got the uh, primary keyword in there again. And all of these things can help just improve clicks. Um, from, from my research, uh, having your, your primary keyword in the title tag can uh, have a direct influence on your ranking, but then placing it in your URL and your meta description um, can really assist with getting more people to click on it because they see the keyword that they've searched for. So, yeah, I hope everyone, I hope that sort of yeah, makes no, sense. That's great. So I think we covered quite a bit about keyword research. Anything else you'd like to point out before we go to the next topic? Yeah, well, there's quite a bit more to do with keyword placement, but uh, obviously we're not going to have time to cover everything today, but you might want to just have a look at Will Dispute Lawyers uh, by Heckenberg Lawyers and you'll see uh, all the places that I've, I've put the keyword, uh, the primary yeah. keyword and other, and other long tail keywords here. And uh, I think it all starts to make um, a bit more sense. But well, yeah, one thing I see, yeah, one thing I see that you have here, you have those questions, right? And then you have the drop down. So that's going to keep people on the, the page longer, right? Um, so as they're clicking through, um, so you have the question that uh, attracts their attention because you've done the, the keyword research, you know what people are asking, right? So you put that there and then you use sort of the, the accordion style thing to get that engagement, right? 
Yeah, and one of the reasons I like to use these accordions or these toggle boxes is to just avoid a horrendously large amount of text to just be on the page. So people can just see the questions and they can click on it if they want. Like, can you imagine if all of this was yeah. not... Um, was not neatly packaged into an accordion. It would just be really overwhelming. That's right. All right, cool. Right, well, I'll get on to the next point. So, yeah, there's quite a few things you've got to do with keyword placement, like, you know, having it in your, your H1 tag, having head, uh, all your other, like this is a H2 tag and, you know, um, but anyway, we could talk forever about that. Um, but I think the next point I want to talk about is, is your copywriting. So, there's a few, uh, there's a quite a few ranking factors with Google, um, but uh, one of the main ones is to have high quality and relevant information. Okay, backlinks are very important as well as a few other ranking factors that you really need to consider, but one of them is having high quality relevant information. And, you know, the first step is to do your keyword research to make sure you've got the right information to answer on your website. But uh, you've really got to have, high quality stuff uh, on your website. It's got to be unique. It's got to be original. It's got to be fresh. All of those things will help. And generally with a practice area page or any other page you really want to rank on Google, you, you do need a bit of information. Just having a few words is probably not going to do, uh, especially with competitive keywords. So Rank Math generally recommends at least 600 words um, for a page or a post. Now, there's definitely more than that on this, this page here. Um, but uh, besides that, uh, a few other things I would recommend with copywriting. Avoid, as I've already talked about, um, avoid big chunks of text. Um, big, big paragraphs, big long sentences are just really difficult to read. Google's not going to like them either. So, yeah, those are a few things I would say um, and include as many like headings and subheadings as you can uh, with any significant piece of content on your website because most people aren't actually reading everything that you're right. writing. They're I know it, skimming, hurt, right? it hurts the ego a bit because um, you might be putting your personality into your writing and it might be great writing, but the reality is most people don't really care uh, and they don't have the time and they don't need to know everything, and they just kind of want to get the gist of it. Yeah. Now, so that's yeah. So just on the content, one thing that I've seen, and this is more for, I guess, the corporate big, you know, corporate law firms. Maybe the private practice law firms are, you know, are a little bit different. But um, most of the practice group pages or industry pages are all about them, like. Our team of dedicated experts has years of experience doing this, 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 and our team does this, and our team is great because of this. But it doesn't even comment or mention what issues that they help, you know, solve or, you know, it doesn't talk to the client at all. Um, and that's, I think, as, as someone who's buying a legal service, you want to make it, you want to see that, oh, this firm knows exactly the issues that I'm facing. So like here um, in this example, uh, this is a PI firm, but you know it very clearly talks to the reader um, and addresses their issues. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. And uh, this page is is uh, you know still it is still a work in progress, and I think every uh, every website should be a work in progress. But you you really need to just answer the questions that people want answers to. Uh, mm -hmm. You can talk about yourself. I think it is important to talk about yourself. 
um, and I do uh, on this. Oh, obviously I am right now, but on this uh, on this page here, like there are some unique selling points here. That's really important. But yeah, you've really got to talk to people. Don't talk down to them. I think lawyers or most lawyers have the best of intentions, but sometimes they can maybe write like they're a little bit too smart and uh, maybe dumb it down a little bit and really speak to what people really care about. Yep, exactly. Know your audience. I mean, that's content <laughs> writing 101, right? All right. Um, anything else on the content uh, copywriting? Yes. So um, copywriting. Another thing that I'll say is that uh, I would encourage you to try and use something like Grammarly. Grammarly is super easy, but it is amazing how many typos we're all guilty of. Uh, if we're doing a lot of writing, we might just our eyes might start playing tricks on us. So a simple free tool like Grammarly, you can just add it to your extension onto your, your Google Chrome and that can help you pick up, um, you know, some some spelling mistakes and, and some errors. Yeah, that saved my life uh, quite a few times and I see it in your extension there. So that that's great. Yes. So it's also <laughs> good when you're in Word or PowerPoint, you know, all that sort of stuff, it, it integrates to, to everything. So good point there. Cool. And I'll move on to the next point and keep this moving along well. Uh, I think earlier on, it might have been helpful if I quickly kind of explained, uh, sort of stated the obvious, like why why optimize um, practice area pages now, like many reasons. But uh, I think a lot of law firms don't realize that their practice area pages can be a, a really good uh, salesperson for their website. They can actually get uh, people finding their website on Google by, by finding a practice area page instead of the homepage. Now, it can be incredibly difficult to make a homepage rank for a variety of different legal services and, and keywords. So it kind of takes the pressure off a homepage, means that you can rank various other pages on your website for various other keywords. So for Heckenberg lawyers, like uh, the idea is that when someone is looking for a, a lawyer to help out with contesting a will, that they'll find a page like this. They might not find the homepage. So your practice area page could be the first um, first impression for a lot so, of people. Yeah, so thinking of your practice group pages as sort of the landing page, right? So if you're doing Google ads or whatever, you know, you got to direct it to here, not to the home page, right? Because that's what you're uh, telling people where to go. But yeah, certainly the sales aspect of it um, needs to be kept top of mind. Exactly. So I'll go on to the next point, website speed. So I'll, I'll be quick with this one. Um, and look, you, you, your website's got to be fast. Uh, it's, uh, it's an important factor with uh, improving your Google ranking. It's going to improve user experience as well. Uh, I've heard somewhere, like the data, you know, it all depends on who you ask. But some websites will say that you, you've got about three seconds to grab someone and if your website takes longer to, longer to load, then they go somewhere else. That could be especially true on a mobile phone. So it's got to be quick. Uh, you're going to need to use something like GT metrics or page speed insights or something like that. It's going to tell you if your website is um, slow or if it's quick and it'll provide recommendations on how to speed it up. You might need a web developer because some of the recommendations might make your head explode, but just some quick tips. You know, you want to have really good hosting, compress your media so you know if you're using wordpress download smush or something like that that's going to compress your images don't have big clunky sliders especially in the hero image don't have like a video 
that plays automatically up here. I've had some new clients ask me if I could do that for them. And I've said, look, professionally, I would recommend that I don't do that. And here's why. That can dramatically slow down a website. Yes, there's a slider here, but this thing I've tested many times before, it doesn't seem to slow down the website at all. Little things like that, um, super important. Yeah, got to have a fast website. Cool. Well, we actually did a session on website speed, so I'll link it somewhere uh, around here. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can go ahead and... um... I'll click that to learn more about that. But yes, page speed. And now uh, Google recently changed their metrics, right? The, the, in you know, making things more uh, streamlined and user-friendly, user right? So if you have these pop-up blocker, you know, these pop-ups and everything, which uh, impedes with how it's using, then you'll get docked points or something. So yeah, very, very important. Google's always making our life confusing, so it's very hard to keep up at times. Uh, I'll go on to the next point, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. So uh, media. So I'm not talking about, you know, getting into the news uh, at this point. That is important. But um, uh, I'm talking about just having like a a high-res image, usually somewhere near the top. So not just having a page that's just full of writing. can be a little bit overwhelming for people. So having a a relevant high quality stock photo can be relevant. Now, a lot of the images on this website is going to be people who are, you know, um, old um, or (laughs) older uh, or experienced, I should say. So people who are around like this age and and, uh, we're trying to think about, you know, what would the, the target client look like? And uh, it's not all white people. We do have a variety of different um, races on this website as well. And uh, so high quality uh, stock photo, um, at least one, um, make sure they're compressed so they load faster. Uh, you know, if you, if you have it uh, like a, a short um, video about the law firm could be valuable and you can honestly just embed that on multiple different pages throughout the website to keep people engaged, keep people on your page longer. Yeah, yeah. Like get the partner or something to talk about the issues of that, whatever that page is talking about, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be interfacing with that lawyer or that person. So you want to get their personality and, and really humanize um, the firm as opposed to just yeah. a logo. And like that would be that would be ideal. Uh, I'm going to be realistic. I think most small law firms aren't going to have the time or the funds or the resources to have a you know, a high quality video for every practice area page. So if they don't, if they just have one good, you know, I don't know, a minute to two minute long video that kind of just introduces the team, talks about the firm and what they believe in and makes a call to action, something like that can be really good. And you can just embed that um, on various different pages throughout the website. That's fine. You're not going to get flagged for duplicate content. There's a lot of uh, Um, hysteria out there about duplicate content. Here's the reality. Most pages have uh, you know, a lot of the same content anyway on a website. So you can embed the same video on multiple different pages and that can just be um, good because some people might land on your practice area page for the first time. They might not go to your homepage. So maybe they should see that video. Right, sure. Yeah, so just having some some uh, images and videos could help with your practice area pages. Now, social proof. So Right here on the sidebar here, we've got some uh, Google reviews, five-star Google reviews. A lot of law firms are now catching on to how important this is to demonstrate your expertise. Just having like a, a testimonial that maybe came through an email one day from Donna, who was really happy with your law firm, um, isn't really... Like if you just have a testimonial that is just a paragraph of writing and it just says from Susan or something, like 
that's not very interesting to many people. They don't know who Susan is. They don't know where that review is. They don't know if it's real. Unfortunately, some websites do just throw up like throw up fake reviews. So if you've yeah. got some like verified Google reviews there, that can really help. Well, yeah, that's what I like about what you have here because you everyone knows a Google logo. You know this is pretty real. I mean, this is a real uh, review, right? Is it, yeah, is absolutely. It I, so are you... You're pulling from only five star reviews. Like, what if you get a one star in there accidentally? You know, how yeah, no, that, that's a good. How does that work? Yeah, that that's a good question. So these are real reviews. Uh, I, I don't have the um, creativity to come up with names like Sonia Sarudis. <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds like sounds like a tennis player. So no, they're real uh, reviews. And yes, I only pull five star reviews. Uh, I don't put one star reviews on my client websites because I think yeah. they they would fire me if I did that. So it's not automatically taking a feed from Google. These are reviews that I've actually had to, to add I see. manually. Okay. Yeah. So I think it can be uh, risky if you have a widget that pulls reviews automatically from a source in case yeah. the most recent review you get is a one out of five. And then when people are on your website, that's the first thing they see. It's, it's not going to sure. look good. Yeah. But I mean, this, like you said, this is that social proof. It makes it very clear that this came from Google um, and it's it's a real person, not just some fake person's head with like a two or three sentences. So that that's quite good. Yeah, and thank you. just the way it's laid out, right? You look at the the faces first, and then your eyes automatically go straight down to the the Google review. Um, so just the the visual flow, it, it, it's broken up very nicely here. Thanks, and I think that for me, like I wouldn't be reading each review with great detail i would just be impressed that there's a whole bunch of google reviews flashing before my eyes and i'll think yeah. well this uh this might be you know this might be a good law firm maybe i should give them a call mm, exactly all right cool so social proof and yeah if you've been featured on i don't know you know the the local news or you've been featured in a you know a prominent news website or anything else like that that could be maybe worthy uh that could, maybe that could be something you could feature uh, on a practice area page if you've got like business awards maybe um include those like accolades achievements all of that stuff yep. so that was number seven so number eight is just to ensure that it's easy for people to do what you want them to do okay so i'll keep this as like I say it in a very simple way because it, it should be a simple thing, but a lot of websites struggle to get this right. And it, it's not easy to do simple things. So what do we want people to do? For most law firms, small law firms, they just want people to call them up or to submit an inquiry so they can hopefully you know, get a new client. That's pretty simple stuff. For, for most small law firms, that's how it is. So we need people to contact you. So when they visit this website, we've got a call to action right here. They can click that button. They can go to the contact page and they can they can sign up. We got even in the header. Can you see the header? Yeah. There. yeah. So yeah. we've got the phone number. You can see that. So we've got in the header, any page that someone's on, on this website, they will see in the header a button to click so they can call the law firm. Okay. They can scroll down into the footer and they can go, oh, not on this page. Sometimes in some on some websites, I'll have, uh, you know, a, uh, a button here to call the law firm as well. So make it super easy for people to call you. We've got a contact us thing here as well on the sidebar. And then throughout the this page, um, I'll make various call to actions um, like here. This is embedded to the contact page. Please call us here. 
So you can click that. And so make it super easy for people to do what you want them to do, which in this case is just to get in touch. It's pretty yeah. simple stuff. I think that's the only, right? That's the main purpose of these practice group pages, right? What do you want people to do? You want them to read it um, and then be intrigued and call you. And here you have it very clearly. Um, now, one question I've, I've debated about is like, do you actually embed the contact form in the page itself to make it even less frictionless, right? So here you have need help contact us. When you click that, what, what happens? Yeah, so click this and we'll go to the contact us page and then they yeah. can just submit the contact form or they can call. So I've seen some, some firms, they actually just have this form on the sidebar of their practice group page. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think it's fine. Look, I've done that on a few websites and I thought it was good, but a lot of my clients don't like it. They don't like mm. having a contact form here. They think it's just too distracting. Mm. It may look too, not commercial, but too, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it may look a bit presumptuous, like you're, like you're you know. I think they just feel like it's too clunky. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, a lot of my clients didn't like it. They seem to like this much more. So I do this kind of thing a lot more uh, on my websites, but you can definitely have a contact form in, in your sidebar or, or you can have it on every page if you want. Yeah. Now, um, have you come across any good solutions? I know you mentioned Calendly. So like if they're booking a call, um, have you used that before to just make it even less of a less frictionless to, to book a meeting? Yeah. So I've had some clients um, successfully use Calendly. I think it's great. Uh, one of my biggest challenges with my um, clients is just getting them to adopt um, new technology, even if it is relatively simple like Calendly. Now, it is going to be challenging for some law firms to uh, use an online um, booking feature because, um, you know, that means that uh, every solicitor at the law firm has to keep their, <coughs> keep their availabilities up to date which can be very challenging. And so <clears throat> I'm dying, um, but it can just be very challenging to um, execute something like that for a law firm with a variety of different solicitors doing different practice areas with different availabilities. Yeah, I think uh, I was talking to one firm, they're, they're fairly small, but they have just a receptionist, right? Dedicated receptionist who just sort of fields those calls first. Um, yeah. So you're not actually booking a call with the lawyer, you're booking a call with the receptionist who knows all the lawyers and practice groups and everything. And then they can sort of book a time or, you know, uh, transfer that call. So, but yeah, I guess it depends on um, the firm. Um, but yeah, so anything we can do to make it as frictionless as possible to book a call. And then using Tag Manager, you can find out the success of, of that and the, the conversions, right? So how many people actually did click that button. Uh, and that's an important part of measuring the success of the, the design. Exactly. So number, um, yeah, so make it really easy for people to call you, have a compelling call to action, <clears throat> have a button that is linked and does the thing it's supposed to do. So that's number eight. I've got two points left. So we've got number nine to include some unique selling points. So there's quite a few of them with this law firm. I've got a few of them linked here, like five-star reviews, great communication, no in, no fee. Now, obviously, that's not unique. Mm. So many other law firms are doing that, but they're just not communicating it. So I maybe have a bit of a controversial opinion here, but I don't think that 
uh, every law firm needs to be different. I think most law firms say that they're different, but most of them aren't. And I don't think they need to be very different. I just think they need to do uh, what they're supposed to do and do it well. Okay, I think it depends. I think there are some lawyers out there that should be different if they're doing an incredibly um, niche um, legal service, something that's very, very specific, then they probably should be quite different. Most law firms are never going to do that. Most law firms are going to either be general practice, they'll do maybe a few practice areas or they'll do one. They might just do family and they might just do estate planning, they might do crim, personal injury, whatever. So I'm on the homepage now because there are some unique selling points here. Obviously, they're not like we're fairly loose with the word unique right now. Um, so just demonstrate like why you're worthy of being hired, I suppose, and in a very simple way. Okay, these people are experts. In uh, Australia, we can't say that you're a, a specialist or that you specialize in something unless you are um, an accredited specialist, which is extra training. Many um, digital marketers, marketers don't know this um, and they can get law firms into hot water. <clears throat> so experts, honest fees, like what does that really mean? But, you know, of course their, their fees are honest and, and they're um, very clear with their clients about how much things are going to cost. But a lot of people are really concerned about how much a lawyer is going to cost them. They're experienced. Most lawyers are anyway, but we're going to say that anyway. Um, and really what comes down to it is what does your experience really mean? Like what have you done with all, the, with all those years? And these guys really know what they're doing. We've got five-star reviews, plain English advice. A lot of people feel like lawyers um, don't communicate clearly, okay, and a personal touch. So you're not just going to be, you know, handed off to someone who's a first-year law student, for example. So we've got some unique selling points, but I think it's important um, on, you know, your, your homepage and your practice area pages to just demonstrate a few very simple reasons why someone should probably call you. Yeah, I mean, the, the really only true differentiators among law firms is really client experience, right? Um, so having, demonstrating, like you said, with those five-star reviews and all of that is a good way to differentiate. Um, but yeah, you got to put in some stuff just because that's what you do, right? Um, exactly. Course, yeah. And if you can... If you can qualify um, a unique selling point, that can help. So if you have a lot more five-star Google reviews than most law firms, mm -hmm. maybe that is something you should be clear. So if you've got <clears throat> like over 100, that's mm -hmm. going to be quite a lot for a small law firm. If you've got over 100 five-star Google reviews, say that. Don't just say five-star Google reviews. Say you've got over 100 or you've got over 500. Like that's more impressive. Yeah. So, and it's always good to contextualize those numbers as well. So you just don't want to throw out a number, but you want to contextualize it and compare it to something if, if you can. Um, so yeah. be it how many lawyers you have or how many cases you've won versus, you know, all that sort of stuff. So numbers um, are. Yeah. No, that's there. a good point. Like for a lot of personal injury lawyers, um, <clears throat> if they can put a dollar value on how much money they have um been able to award to their clients like for successful compensation claims um, and on average how much um, of the settlement the lawyer keeps as well data like that can really make you stand out so did you want me to do uh the the 10th and final yeah let's point? wrap it up here we're getting close to the time so what's your last and final tip for us 
Cool. Well, I'll stop sharing my um, screen because I don't really need to. What do I just click? Stop share. There we go. I'm back. <clears throat> so the 10th the and final thing I'm, I'm just going to recommend is just to, to uh, use links. So uh, the easiest way to get started with links on your website is to do internal linking. So that's just linking to pages within your website. Now that actually does help with uh, SEO so uh, and user experience as well. So linking, you know, if you've got a page and you go, oh, if you talk a bit about the cost of disputing a will, maybe you have a page that's all about the costs of disputing a will. So link to that. If you've got, um, you know, if you mention um, yeah, probate, uh, link to a page that talks about probate. And if we're talking about criminal law, you know, if you've got a page that mentions drink driving, link to another page that's relevant to drink driving, that sort of stuff. So internal linking can help. Can you do but, that in sort of like a carousel, like at the bottom, so you can say like related articles or something, and then you have like four or five related articles that just pull on the back end based on that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Area. So the yeah, with a practice area page, you can have um, related pages so um or other services so you you know you you get the idea so yeah that stuff can help now the biggest challenge when it comes to links is getting other websites to link to your website which can be a soul crushing experience at times so uh there's many ways to do that some are um okay some are not okay so we talk about white hat and black hat seo probably the majority of link building efforts out there are black hat uh we all get we probably get those emails like i'm, I'm sure you probably get emails regularly from people who are offering yep. to get you featured on various different websites that are apparently really good but they're not yep yeah so that stuff's usually black hat you shouldn't be paying for links so that's going to be against google's terms of service so don't pay for a, a backlink um and look, lots of people probably are, but you're not meant to. So how do we get links? Why do they matter? So just to be quick, I suppose, uh, basically if another high quality website is linking to your practice area page, it's kind of like uh, telling Google that this really good website thinks that your website is also a really good website. And it's kind of like giving you like a, a, a glowing recommendation in a way and it can improve the um, authority of your website. So many ways of getting backlinks. It's not easy to do. Um, you can start by literally just um, annoying people and contacting them and asking them if they'll link to you. It's good if you have a good reason why they should link to you. Maybe they've made a, a blog post and you think you've got a piece of content on your practice area page that would really um, you know, make their blog post better, for example. Maybe they'll link to you. Maybe you've got an original piece of data um, on your practice area page, like a stat statistic um that you've come up with yourself from your own research something like that can help you get um backlinks uh, another way of doing it is to like apply for uh websites like haro or source bottle basically these websites connect um people who need experts for you know new pieces like news pieces and opinion yeah. pieces and and stuff like that um, many ways to get links, but you can internal link. That's easier. Getting links from other websites can be challenging, but that's going to help uh, or it should help um, your practice area page rank better. Yeah. And I think you can use some of these tools like Moz or SMrush or whatever to see where your competitors are <laughs> being linked uh, to as well, right? So doing some competitor research and seeing where they're linking, uh, where their backlinks are coming from as well. 
um, and give you some ideas on where you can link to it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So there's ahrefs, ahrefs, yeah, and that can be a, a quite an expensive um, uh, option, but they do have a free um, backlinks checker. So you can go, you can go and stalk your competitors. And you can find out where they're getting all their best backlinks for, and you can you can go and try and get the same backlinks. Um, you might have some success with that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think I see a lot of people just you know doing events with other companies and everything, but just make sure as the BD manager, you have them include the URL on that event page or whatever, right? So exactly. anytime, so just keep in mind, anytime you're working with another entity or another company to do some collaboration, make sure you ask, right? Put yeah. out the ask, always ask, and don't just leave it um, because they, they do uh, really help. And you can measure where your content's or where your traffic's coming from, so. All right, um, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, we're already at the full hour, which is amazing. So uh, thank you so much, Brendan, uh, for taking the time to speak with us. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you to learn a little bit more from you, where's the best place that they can do that? Yeah, just go to legalsites.com.au. I'm assuming there'll be like a link somewhere in the YouTube description, but legalsites, L-E-G-A-L-S-I-T-E-S.com.au. All right, thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, how to optimize law firm practice area pages. Once again, if you want to stay in touch, go to legalsites.com.au, join the email list, download the law firm marketing plan, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all of the social media links will be on the website anyway. And until next time, I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, and thank you so much for your time.